1: Hey, hey, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be. It's Scott Luton, Greg White, with you here on Supply Chain. Now, welcome to today's live stream. Greg, how you doing? I'm doing great. Freezing, <laughs> maybe literally, but doing great. <laughs> well, you look like a billion dollars, and we've got a billion dollar show here today. I'm really excited to continue this long-running, popular quarterly series powered by our friends at U.S. Bank. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Sharing key insights. From one of the leading transportation industry resources out there, the US Bank Freight Payment Index for Q3 2023. And folks, you should go ahead and download your copy of the Freight Payment Index so you can follow along, spill coffee on it, dog ear it, right, Greg? Beat it up. And you can do that at freight.usbank.com. Greg, you ready? I'm ready.
2: Yeah, I love getting this one. And man, this one is so particularly aligned to what's happening in the economy it's both an a reflection and an indicator just my opinion of course our folks at the bank can't comment on the indicator but it certainly is a, a telling signal if you have ever wondered what the value of this index is about you will not wonder after today <laughs> it's going to smack you in the face just
1: exactly how tied it is so true and we'll can, we're going can- continue our approach here where we're bringing one expert perspective focused heavily on what the data is showing. And of course, one expert perspective focused heavily on what's going on out in the marketplace. They're making it happen. So Greg, one last thing before we introduce our guests, elaborate a little bit more on the importance of this research and data and how, to your point, it is truly actual insights for supply chain leaders out there.
2: Yeah, I think it's becoming even more tied to not just the freight marketplace, not just supply chain marketplace, but to the greater economy. Because, Scott, we were just reflecting in the green room about how when we started working with U.S. Bank, it was about $29.7 billion worth of transactions, which is a lot in case anybody's wondering. (laughs) Billions, B as in Bezos, as you like to say, Scott. And now it's over 50% larger. So this is a huge collection of transactions. U.S. Bank continues to process more and more transactions in the freight marketplace and the data that they can capture from that and that Bobby and his team can discern from that, give us these understandings of what happens and they give us data that allows us to interpret that as to what could be coming in the future. Only us, bank cannot do that, but we can, (laughs) So, right? And all of you out there can as well. But I think you'll see the tie really, really today. And I really think we've hit kind of an inflection point with this analysis where it is so much of the freight payment transaction volume out there that it is getting closer and closer to reflecting what's
1: happening in the broader market. That's right. Great point. Great point. All right. Ready to get started, folks. Again, freight.usbank.com. Check it out. Free to subscribe to and you'll get it delivered conveniently right now or quarterly. So check it out. All right, Greg, let's go ahead and introduce our featured guests here today. Bobby Holland, Director of Freight, Bu- uh, Freight Business Analytics at U.S. Bank, and Tom Comstock, Chief Financial Officer at Kirsch Transportation. Hey, hey, Bobby, great to have you back. How you doing? Doing well. How are you guys? Wonderful. And really, Tom, great to have you become one of our newest best friends here today. <laughs> Thanks for having me. All right, cool. Greg, Greg, we got a lot to get into today, right? Yep. A ton to get go. into. But before we do, really quick, want to give a shout out to all the Texas Rangers and the fans in our audience. They won their first World Series in the history of the franchise last night, which dates back to 1961 when they were known as the Washington Senators. So big congrats to any of our Rangers fans out there. Along those lines, Greg, we learned, our team learned a little market intel. Tom, you're a huge Iowa Hawkeyes fan who who... They're currently tied for first in the Big Ten West. They're doing well. Tom, what's one cool thing about being an Iowa fan? Well,
3: one not cool thing, I'll flip it on you, is their offense this year. So going through a little turmoil, we're actually last in the FBS, and but we get a new coordinator next year. Okay, all right. Is announced- that already
2: determined, Tom?
3: Yeah, they just announced it this week. Never happens at Iowa where they do coaching changes in the middle of the year, but. It's uh, the head coach's signed too, for those of you that don't know. Ah. So, uh, I, uh, I mean, all that works is very nice. interesting. And I played Northwestern at Wrigley Field this week, which I'll okay. be there. New leadership.
2: Oh, man, that'll be awesome. Yeah. I'm just going to say, Tom, take a
1: jacket.
3: Oh, yeah. <laughs> they don't <laughs> call it the Windy City for nothing. No That kidding. is
1: right. Well, folks, if you're if you're a fellow Iowa fan or a fellow football fan, weigh in. Let us know who your team is. Good luck this weekend, Tom. Now, Bob Greg with Bobby we got to switch gears a bit. Yeah. Uh, and that good looking U.S. Bank pullover should tell you, Bobby, you're, you love golf. So what's one thing you love about getting out and uh, hitting that little white golf ball around?
0: Well, it's like you get to take a hike, but look pretty while well you're doing it. The panty <laughs> shoes, nice clothes, and you're walking around in, in very pastoral, in some cases, grounds, riding the Broadmoor Hotel in Colorado Springs is one of my favorite holes for that very reason. you got the mountain backdrop, you've got the trees, and then, like I said, everybody looks good.
1: Okay, I love it.
0: Uh, and and the
2: air also makes the drive go a little bit farther. <laughs> well, <laughs> Greg, I feel powerful. <laughs>
1: I've seen you in action, Greg, and you only you look good, but you hit the ball about 450 yards uh, down the golf course. Hey, we're going to have to get uh-huh. you and Bobby together. And Tom, you and I can maybe drink beer and talk football
3: uh, to round I'll out. The cat- I'll be the caddy.
1: <laughs> All right, folks, we got a lot to get into. So, yeah. again, welcome, welcome, Tom and Bobby. Bobby, where we want to start is give folks a sneak peek. We're going to take seven key takeaways from the Q3 2023 uh, Freight Payment Index. We're going to pick it apart here later in the show. But for starters, Can you
0: share a little bit about what folks can expect to hear us talk about here today? Okay. Well, one of the themes uh, in this quarter's index is the fact that shipping volumes, rates and spend all continue to decline, which uh, anybody's monitoring the marketplace, you can see that. And then regionally, we saw big drops in the Midwest going down towards the southeast where the drops were much smaller. But if we stay tuned, we'll, like you said, we'll get to the rest of those.
1: Yes, the rest of the story, like Paul Harvey used to famously say, Bobby, and we're going to, and Greg, as you've mentioned a couple of times, we're going to give folks information that they need to know to make decisions and turn it into action, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that's the incredible value of this thing, and I mean, like I said
1: earlier, it's going to really hit home when you hear the rest of this. Agreed. All right. Well, hey, really quick, folks, I want to make sure y'all are aware you can download this. This is kind of the top line graphic. We're going to be diving into these numbers a bit, and then you'll see where the uh, freight payment index goes into region by region. Freight.usbank.com. And stay tuned for the next uh, 50 minutes or so as we give you the intel you need to know to put it into action. Okay, Greg, where are we going next? I think we ought
2: to, you know, kind of dive into those seven takeaways, right? Yeah, and a little bit, right? Yes. But I think Tom, you're a practitioner. You're the person that puts this thing into use. So maybe tell us a little bit about your role at Curt and how you use this thing to whatever,
3: how however you use it to kind of guide or reflect your business. Yep. So a little background on Kirsch in general. We are a family operated, woman owned business. We have about a hundred employees. Did about eighty thousand dollars or eighty thousand loads last year been in business for approximately 23 years matt and cam cam is the the mother matt is the son and they've been growing the company organically the past 23 years which is very interesting compared to some of our competitors so how we utilize it is along with other metrics but it's a great uh, macro way to look at is what we're seeing internally what's happening macro wise and blending the different data points that we get And utilizing it all at once to see, do we have a good feel for what's going on or do we not? Are we unsure? Are we getting a lot of different data points from other areas? But there's a tremendous amount of data, like Greg stated, with this and it continues to grow. And so it becomes a bigger player every quarter and every time we see it.
2: Yeah, we were just talking about, Tom, just, just a few quarters ago, how much it's grown since that. It seems like it's been tens of billions just in the last couple of quarters. So I agree with you. I think it's becoming an even more far-reaching
3: analysis, right? Mm-hmm. It would be exciting. Bobby, you- uh, sorry,
2: Tom, say that again. I was,
3: was going to say it's going to be exciting what they continue to do with it as they move forward. Yeah. And
2: Bobby, I know you and your team put a ton of work into this. Obviously, it's a ton of data. You have people help you compile and narrate this thing. I mean, tell us a little bit about how it works what type of index it is and what that means so everybody kind of understands where this data is coming from.
0: Okay, well, Tom pointed out uh, one of our drivers for producing the Freight Payment Index. Uh, We see it as another set of data points for our customers and for the marketplace in general. It's our perspective on the marketplace based on the billions of dollars in uh, paid transaction data that we, we process as of the beginning of the year. What we do is uh, it's a chain-based index. We compare quarter over quarter, and we also have a a year-over-year part of it. But we think the unique proposition in our index is the fact that we uh, represent a regional view so that we can see, you know, you start at the top, at the national level, but then you can kind of go down and see where those national drivers, how they individually impact each region. And again, it provides more data points for our users. make their decisions.
3: Hmm.
2: I think one of the cool things that we see over and over again is, honestly, I think we all, in business anyway, all of us sort of knew this, but the varying types of industries that drive the different regions, you never think about kind of how there's a lot of automotive in the South and obviously in the Midwest, right? A lot of energy, of course, in Texas, And that sort of thing that drives and it drives different dynamics in transportation. So that's what makes that's what makes the regional analysis so important. So we not only understand what is going on in those regions, but why and the type of businesses that are impacted, whether it be positively or negatively.
1: Well said, well said, and kind of weaves in a a, a story, uh, a valuable story, much greater than just just global supply chain or even domestic supply chain. It's broader business. It's a very useful, useful collection of insights. Tom, speaking of which, how would you say, how would you describe to our audience how you and other industry leaders really utilize resources like the Freight
3: Payment Index? So one thing I I meant to mention was the reason I like it is it's an unbiased set of data points and an unbiased visualization of what's going on. So that's why I like to use it as a gauge against others that I'm seeing within the industry. U.S. Bank has customers both as carriers and shippers. And so they really want it to be information for everyone. I think that's very important to help drive home what you are seeing or what you're not seeing with other data points as well.
0: Excellent. Bobby
2: being a data nerd
1: has to, you have to love and <laughs> hearing that unbiased word, don't you?
0: Lily, <laughs> well, you know,
1: kidding aside, Greg, and before Tom, you continue, Greg, it's so important that it is unbiased, yeah. all right?
2: I mean, the broader perspective is what makes it so legitimate, right? And it makes it, it's not driving an agenda. It's driving fact and build your agenda or build your assessment or build your plan out of real, true
1: fact. That's right. Well said, Greg. All right. So Tom, how do you use it? Any, any any examples, any thoughts come to mind?
3: Honestly, I use it as a a gauge on the macro level from a, a national, national standpoint. And then I do break it down by region as well because With our size, there might be some pockets of freight where we might not be heavily against. We are 48 state, but there are some pockets. And so when we're going engaging, what's the market been doing compared to how we've been operating, I like to see a bad avenue.
1: Well said, Tom. And we've mentioned regions a lot. And again, just use this graph again. You'll see where the freight payment index focuses on these five regions. Greg was kind of talking about it a minute ago. Southeast, Southwest, West, Midwest, and Northeast. So y'all check that out. Okay. So, well, now, Greg, Bobby, and Tom, we got to get into the seven things that folks got to take yeah. away from this quarter's freight payment index. And we want to start, Bobby, with something I think you shared on your little sneak peek.
0: National volumes do contain the drop, right? So, number one, what is it? Well, we see that the national volumes, as you pointed out, this is the fifth quarter of drops. We've been indicating in, and the importance of this is the fact that you know there was a point in time maybe even three or four quarters ago where it was touch and go which way are we going to go which way are we going to go and then another quarter passes and we're still declining which way are we going to go you know we're everybody was trying to avoid using the term freight recession right (laughs) you know basically that all the headwinds that are going on nationally have continued to drive it now what again we're at that state now where everybody's looking to see is this going to stay down here or and, and if it does when is it going to go up so something we'll be looking for
1: yeah appreciate that bobby all right so tom is that square with what you're seeing
3: yeah for church specifically we have seen a little bit of a drop in q3 um that's relative speaking obviously you're coming off some highs in q1 and q2 from our perspective with how our bids landed um with that being said we're still above where we were in 2020 and 2021 but yeah, it's stuff out there. I mean, it's stuff out there for everyone. You see ORs coming out for people that normally have very strong ORs, you're seeing bankruptcies. I think the biggest thing is with the customers when we're going back and forth with them is are we not getting freight or is our freight going down because of rates, or is it going down because of volume? Mm. Clearly there's some loss with rates, which I'm sure we'll touch on in a little bit. But all in all, most of the customers are also saying, you know, volume's just lighter. That's why you're not getting your your commitments, or that's why you're not seeing as many spots on the daily with some of those shippers. We do have a broad variety. We do everything from band to open deck to reefer. So we have a lot of different touch points with different customers that have different needs. Hmm. Are there any particular industries where you have a lot or very little exposure? So when when I look at it, it's pretty safe to say, let's say 45% band, 45% open deck, and that last 10% is going to be reefer intermodal. The band and open deck, they kind of fluctuate depending on the time of the year and what's going on in those markets and which market it's in, but fluctuates between 45, 55 split and those two. And then the last 10% is more specialized with intermodal reaper and over dimensional. Hmm. We like to have it. We like to have it blended, try to be a little risk in One's going up, one's going down type deal, but right now they're all kind of going down. Right. Hmm.
1: Greg, your additional thoughts before I move on to key takeaway number two. Well, I
2: mean, it, as we said the top and we're going to continue to say throughout this a couple things jump out at me first of all with what tom said about how they use it is that this continuing growing of volume tens of billions of dollars just over the last year makes it a greater and tighter reflection or prediction we can predict of what's going on in the economy and i think right now we're seeing that reflection unquestionably right i think we knew it was coming I think Bobby knew it was coming. He couldn't say, but I think that data is strong enough and it's a broad enough base of data to allow us to get a really, really good picture. I got to believe, Tom, you're pretty encouraged as the number of transactions and the amount of transactions that support this thing continue to grow, that it continues to be more and more a reflection of what you'll see and what you are using it for. You know, you can look at, are we losing business or is the market losing business? right um you know are we being cannibalized by our competitors are we still winning businesses but it's still going to all of those things become really really important analyses as you run any kind of business Mm -hmm. but particularly a transportation business so i gotta tell you obviously if anyone's ever watched me do this before they know that this is sort of an epiphanal moment for me that this thing has gotten so damn big that i feel like it is It's It has hit that inflection point where it is, not that it ever wasn't, but now it is just such an incredibly tight reflection of where we are and I think where we, obviously where we've been and I
1: think where we're headed. Yeah. Good stuff there, Greg. All right, folks, really quick before we move on, Lisa up in Minneapolis, Randy up in the upstate of South Carolina, Steve also up in the upstate of South Carolina. Welcome everybody. Follow along at home. We got six more key takeaways and folks. Your key takeaways may not be one of the seven we hit here. Let us know what it is. Drop it in the comments and we'll share throughout. Okay, moving right along. Bobby, shippers are
0: spending less. Kind of what Tom was saying a minute ago. What's key takeaway number two? As you said, um shrinking volumes, falling freight rates and other headwinds, uh creating uh pockets of overcapacity, basically from a national perspective, less spending uh in the in the third quarter, spending's down. Uh one say dramatically, I don't want to dramatize, but Basically, when you combine the fact that there's a softer housing market, uh, when we look at falling factory output, when we look at the fact that you know household savings are drying up, so people are kind of being uh, a lot more careful with their spending, and then interest rates are high, which is another thing that's kind of uh, affecting the housing market. You put all these things together, and all these influences are basically re- the result is that the the spend index was down 4.2 percent from last quarter and off almost 13% from last year. And the shipments index was down 3.4%, um, but it was off like 10% from last year. So again, in this case, that spending, you know, dropped faster than uh, the shipment volumes did. And so, you know, again, that's always a condition. It's always an indication to us that rate and spend, you know, rates are going down faster than the volumes are.
1: Mm. Good stuff there, Bob. And of course, you mentioned factory output. According to the Fed, factory output was about almost a point lower in September 2023, year-over-year over, year over September 2022. So seeing a few signals, upticks, but year-over-year
3: year still, we we got a lot of catching up to do. Tom, your thoughts on number two, shippers spending less. Yeah, I mean, it's spot on, right? We've seen a tremendous drop of rates over the past year some of that is playing out more and more in the third quarter than it might have been the first and second quarter from the simple fact that bids are going into place and how those are aligning with these quarters specifically. One thing I think is going to happen going into the fourth quarter as well. The, the beautiful thing about the industry is it's a simple supply and demand. Trucks and freight, right? So I think coming out of 2020 through 2022, a lot of carriers, brokers, they might have had a lot more cash than they're used to for a a runout like this. So they've been able to hold on a little bit longer than normal. So quarter four, some might have been expecting a a beneficial peak bump in rates. We're not seeing that at all. I think that might be detrimental to a lot of carriers as they were hoping for a little bump in Q4, survive Q1, and then hoping Q2 and 3 start to do a takeoff. I think December through February is going to be a tremendous time to see if there's a, a huge exodus of capacity. And at that time, we can start seeing when a relief might be. But Q3 played out pretty much how we were expecting. Rates are down. Simple as that. So you had
1: your crystal ball dialed in.
3: Tom, well, that's good. At least one good, of us stats. Nice.
1: <laughs> Greg, your thoughts?
2: Yeah, well, it always sucks when your crystal ball's dialed in when things are going down, right? <laughs> but when, That's when you want to be wrong. Well, I mean, we're seeing it. Consumers, I think we're all at least more conscious of what we're spending our money on consumers, if not tightening our belts. I, I also know that rates for shippers, I, I'm, the prices for shippers are coming down. I was thinking about, I've been thinking about this over the last several weeks, places where I couldn't get a discount or couldn't even get goods. Now they're stuffed. And they're trying to bleed down their inventory and they're offering discounts. And honestly, I'm a little bit irked at them or at myself for not waiting. There are some of those things you have to have when you have to have them. And then you see what the price is now and you're like, could I not wait? But that, I mean, that, that reflection that all of us consumers see is what is driving this, right? And our, our beginning to slow our spending and run out of savings and, and, reach maxes on our credit cards credit card debt is also at an all-time high so right. at some point everybody is has got to say all right let's at least slow it down right and consumers are sometimes a leading indicator and sometimes coming off of a peak like this there's some sometimes they take a little bit longer to slow down but when they do they tend to slam the brakes on so we'll have to see what that you know what actually happens a lot of predictions that peak will be lower or not as, as aggressive as last year, except, yeah. a, except probably for PlayStation. So Tom, try <laughs> to ship PlayStations. Okay. Right. Is it, it's Sony that finally got their supply chain together. That's right. <laughs> uh, that my prediction is that the PlayStation, whatever number it is, is going to be the top gift this year because you could barely get it over the last couple of years.
1: So uh, I wish uh, I made PlayStation. Uh, I love it. That's a great call out, Greg. Uh, And kudos to the team over at Sony for figuring it out because they're going to be man talk about printing money. I think we said talked about that in the pre-show or this show. All right, so two down, five to go. We got a lot more good stuff to get into. So, Bobby, let's head out west. What's going on out there?
0: Well, we see that from a, a trade pattern, the West imports to the West are slowing, but we also see that Mexico trade cross border trade with Mexico is picking up. But again, you add in floor housing activity. Again, we see what that adds up to is a drop in the West. Uh, The West had the largest quarterly drop of 9%, while the Midwest, again, the region that does uh, a lot of cross-border trade, had the smallest decline of only 1.1% in shipment volumes. So again, that's one of the the things that we try to, to look at is what are the... All of the regions nationally have similar um, drivers, similar headwinds, but because of the unique makeup of the regions, they affect them differently. And so we can kind of see this here. There's been housing issues and along with housing issues or all the goods to ship houses is affected nationally, but some regions have it worse than others. Mm. Excellent point, Bobby. Speaking of housing, before I move over to you, Tom,
1: CNN said U.S. home sales dropped to a 13-year low in September and h- housing starts, more to the point, were up in September over August a little bit but sept- they were still down 12% housing starts September 2023 over September 2022. Tom, your thoughts on what's going on at West?
3: Well, so touched on a very important aspect in the Asia and Mexico piece of it. You know, West Coast, I've always seen it since been in the industry, the highest of highs and the lowest of lows, right? One thing I did was when I, was when I was looking this over, I went back and I noticed that seven out of the last eight quarters dating back to Q4 of 2021 on the index, they've been negative, right? And that's for the, the shipments. Quarter over quarter, compared, that's for quarter over q- quarter. Right. And then the last five year over years for the quarters have been have been negative as well. So I think that's a longer trend that's going to continue to occur. Two things happening: more coming from Mexico, and then the other thing, which I might touch on a little bit later, is the port situation with more being redirected to different ports. I think that's a long-term thing. I think that's real, and I think it's going to continue to happen as those other ports put in more infrastructure. And there's going to be, you know, longer transit times on the, the ocean side, but they're going to avoid some of the uh, stickiness of going into the West Coast. Mm.
1: Greg, talk about, we're all trying to avoid stickiness out across industry, right? Your thoughts? Yeah, population is leaking out of
2: California, which is the most populous state in the West by a long shot, an order of magnitude over a number of the other states. So that's a challenge. Also, we talked about this week as well, Scott, because of the construction in the Panama Canal, there's more than just speculation that that ships will start coming the other direction through the Suez Canal which means more landings in East Coast and Texas and Gulf, let's just say Gulf ports. So I think we could continue to see this trend. Uh, I think what's interesting about what Tom said is, wow, I mean, if you want to understand how somebody uses this that analyzes it weeks and quarters and years back, I think this, that is, Tom, a great example of how to utilize this thing. I mean, I'd totally expect it from a CFO, but I think I really appreciate you enunciating that so people can see what you can learn and what you can discern from this thing by going Mm -hmm. through it. Not just this most recent one, but period over period.
1: Mm. Greg, it's good to read what CFOs read. We all get a little bit smarter uh, that way, huh? (laughs) I just look dumber whenever I try
2: to read what CFOs read because they're (laughs) another plane. Yes. They're on enough.
1: yeah, that's right. They're in order
2: of magnitude.
3: Uh, really we're quick. We're all, just, we're all just people, Greg.
2: <laughs> yeah. Some of us are just really smart financial people. That's, that's the, right.
1: Hey, really quick, Greg, you're talking about more traffic coming in the East Coast ports. It's, it's yeah. interesting here in Georgia, they're on the heels of a, a big expansion. They're talking about expansion, more expansion and further yeah. deepening already. So we'll see where that leads. All
2: yeah. right. I'm seeing the prep, as you know, I yeah. see the preparation for that. And I mean, visibly see the preparation for that. There has been a lot of measuring and analysis going on out there outside the port. Charleston, you know, already is equipped for a lot more traffic than a lot of East Coast ports. They have that huge, enormous port opening and Savannah ha- is pretty restricted, though they do have kind of a divided highway for part of this, part of the Savannah River where they can stage up ships and not get in each other's way but there is a point at which they have that choke point and as you said they're trying to deepen and widen that channel
1: so we're going to have greg white on the scene reporting soon in the month we need ahead. a company boat scott that's right oh that'd be fun all right folks so just keeping us all if you're playing along at home we've covered three key takeaways and we've started to get into the geographic uh, differences so following along those lines bobby our fourth Key takeaway:
0: We're diving into the U.S. Southwest, right? Right. The Southwest has kind of been an interesting uh, region to watch. It's been uh, one of the the better performing regions uh, across the United States, and we can kind of see, you know, how that looks in this quarter because we saw that while shipment volumes declined about four point eight percent, four point eight percent for the quarter, it was up three point three percent over last year. So again, that long trend. And when you look at why possible factors as to why you look at, we've got on one hand, you've got lower home building, but on the other hand, again, we've got that aggressive cross-border transportation uh, from Mexico. It, even though it's slowed, that's one of the, the things to remember about an index is we're not talking, you know, like we're falling off a cliff. We're talking about a fast moving car that we just let up off the gas 4.8%. So we're still moving fast and still get run over, but. Just not as fast as it was previously. So I've got to keep that in mind because I don't want to sound like we're all doom and gloom here, right? Everything's going to collapse and civilization is. You, in it. you come to an end. You're right. You're right, Bobby. It's, uh, so it's more like a it, game. You, you got to keep it in mind. Keep it relative. That's,
1: that's right. It's more like a game of frog or a little bit, a little bit of a lighter note, Bobby, just trying to avoid getting, getting hit by a truck. Tom, when you think about the Southwest, some of those things that Bobby just shared, what are you seeing out there?
3: I mean, it ties into what we were talking about the West with the Mexico cross border, right? It's the one outlier from shipment standpoint. Correct me if I'm wrong on this report where there's positive momentum to the extent. And the one thing again, Greg, you'll like this now. Got one more stat from you looking back in time. So I'm going to read, I'm going to read this off so I make sure I get it right. The year over year growth on the, the market has been for almost three straight years now in that market when you're looking at the shipments uh you have to go back to quarter 1 of 2021 to find a negative uh year over year comparison. Mm. So I think that just kind of does speak to the continuous momentum that that segment or that region continues to get with cross border from Mexico. Mm.
2: Greg, your thoughts. Yeah, I think uh the point that both Bobby and Tom raised is an important one. If you go back and look at the overall chart because it's a chain based index, right? Mm-hmm. It is slowing relative but if you go back and look at this chart, the volumes are well above even what we had when we thought we had a ton of volume in 2020, right? And above a, a good portion of even moving into even into 2021, so at least the front half of 2021. So it's re- it really is just a relative slowing. I think that is an important point, Bobby, to talk about here. Part of the difference is that so many companies got into the race, right? There are a ton of Johnny-come-latelys out there in terms of brokerages and trucking firms and that sort of thing. And so many of the small firms expanded their business that they're being heavily impacted. And then we had this whole mythological digital brokerage thing, which is slowly being exposed as just a brokerage with reports. And, you know, we've had a few of those have some significant struggles. Some of them end, of course, as we've heard, but I think overall the market is, I don't want to say strong because we may have reached a new level, right? But it is stronger than it had been prior to the prior to, and even just after when everything had to start shipping again, the
1: shutdown from the pandemic, right? Good stuff there. Greg and Tom and Bobby moving right along. To our fifth key takeaway, we're going to move over to the Midwest, one of our favorite regions, Gregory. So, Bobby, tell us what you're seeing out there.
0: Well, we see this is another region that's affected by manufacturing and housing, driving freight rates down. And we see that the Midwest had uh, dropped just 5% or a half a percent, I'm sorry, a half a percent over last quarter. But from a year earlier, it was off 6.3%. However, on the spend... Spend was down almost 18% over last year, which is a a tremendous drop, 4.4% over the previous quarter. So again, they're being buffeted by a lot of issues. And again, one of the things we wanted to point out is when we talk about housing starts and construction and home selling, that affects freight from the standpoint that, again, it's not just the movement of construction materials. But if you're not moving, people don't buy as much furniture or appliances or anything like that. So those things are, are slowing down as well. So that one factor affects, you know, a, a broader part of truck freight than would be apparent, let's put it that way.
1: Yeah, impacts, to put it technically, a lot of stuff. So Tom, we're talking about kind of home base. Montreal. Mm-hmm. your thoughts in the Midwest.
3: Yeah, well, Bob, kind of stole my thunder with the domino effect from the housing. Obviously, when you move, you buy a lot of stuff, some necessary, some just because, want to look pretty, I guess, like your golf golf clothes. With that being said, this has been another one of those trends where you're when you're looking at the shipments year-over-year year basis on the quarters, 18 of the last 19 have been uh, negative. And again, that's another trend where I think not only the housing market nationwide is affecting things, in general, people don't want to move to the Midwest either. I love it. I mean, great cost of living, easy to get around. But people... Right. Um good great people. I know you guys aren't all from the Midwest, so I would say the best people, but <laughs> I don't you get can say argument. that,
2: Tom. I, I think don't want to get it's... an
3: argument here, but um you know, cold winters really deter people from coming here, so that's people aren't here, businesses start to leave. Um it's kind of a domino effect and I think you're seeing that in the the transition. As far as Persch goes, it's kind of been business as usual here. Slight drops on shipment side just with the market but nothing major on our side in this region. Mm.
1: All right. So Greg, let's talk about, as I mentioned, I meant meant that with all uh, seriousness, the Midwest is one of our favorite regions. Greg, what are you seeing out there? Yeah, I, I think one of the
2: things where the Southwest and the Midwest are tied together that I think people don't talk about enough is energy, right? And we've seen energy, we've seen the energy industries kind of flag a little bit this year over previous years and at least their stock has and of course their cash flow and that has had an impact and of course manufacturing that bobby talked about and as much as i love my kansas city chiefs i am not moving to kansas city and i think that's i think that's a significant theme as well a lot of people have moved home to be near their parents during covid and they're rethinking that after they run out of Virtually everything to do in Wichita, Kansas or mm-hmm. Omaha or, yep. or whatever. I think that it, it, there is a bigger struggle at play in the Midwest. And that's probably at the root of what at Tom, of Tom, what Tom is reporting on that yeah. from the
3: change in growth. One other point, point I want to bring up real quick, Craig, is we didn't touch on the, the strike with the auto that caught the back half of the quarter only mm-hmm. in the last two weeks. So it'll be interesting to see how fourth quarter comparisons come out where you have a third of the quarter dealing with that. And then it kind of seeping into the southeast a little bit into Kentucky some some of those plants. But we did catch headwind with that. And who knows if there was some slowdown prior to the actual strike as well. Yeah, that's a really
2: good point because I think when we talk about manufacturing in the Midwest, we have to acknowledge that it's mostly heavy equipment. I mean the dollar volume is mostly heavy equipment and automotive. And obviously
1: those things have a huge effect. Yes. Well said. And a little sneak peek folks in a minute, in a couple of minutes, we're going to get Greg and Tom, not Bobby, but Greg and Tom <laughs> to dict what's to come along what Tom was just sharing. And by the way, <laughs> Greg and Bobby, I think Tom is vying for best guest ever. He's really brought it today. I love the I was data gonna say that
2: We need to have him back. We're not even done with him yet. Right. We
1: need to have him You're getting a blue ribbon today, Tom Constock. Right. Um, okay. <laughs> All right. So, That was number five. We got seven key takeaways. We just covered the Midwest.
0: Let's talk about the Northeast, Bobby. Northeast is an interesting region. It's the smallest region, but its impacts, you know, equal any of the other regions. In this region, it was impacted. Housing starts tend to, because there's not a lot of inventory up here. So that any changes in the housing market really hammers the Northeast. But also retail because of the population density seems to show more vividly up here. And the Federal Reserve said that, you know, retail sales in the Northeast were, were soft. And you can kind of see that because the shipment index was down just under 3% over the second quarter, but it was down almost 21% over last year, while the spend index was down just under 2%, uh, and only 11% over last year. So. Again, these numbers kind of indicate capacity issues. It indicates that a lot of things are slowing up here and that some of those impacts that maybe other areas of the country could ride out a little easier, per se, the Northeast gets hammered by. Hmm. All right, Tom,
1: Northeast, your thoughts?
3: Yeah, the interesting part is, like Bobby mentioned, they touch so many different aspects of the freight market where when you compound those issues on each other, you you get a result like that. Again, I'll, I'll redirect to us. We've seen a, a small downturn in that. Nothing a huge, substantial measure just because of how our freight flows in and out of that area. But I think it's just a compounding issue like Bobby mentioned.
1: Yes, agreed. Greg, your
2: thoughts? Big numbers in the Northeast, right? I mean, that's a huge hit. And it seems like, I know this wasn't a prediction but we were talking about this a couple of indices ago you know where bobby talked about what a challenge it is to get equipment up there right Mm -hmm. and we're coming into that time of year when it's going to be exceptionally (laughs) difficult seems like we've already hit it we got a little bit of snow a little bit early i'm gonna say i mean unless you're in syracuse right or buffalo but yeah i think that there are a lot of challenges going on and of course Bobby said, we're going to see the impact on retail based on retail and based on financial markets, right? I mean, when the stock market is down, the people in the Northeast make a lot less money. And when they make a lot less money, they buy a lot less Fendi and Gucci and all of that other stuff that I'll never afford. And that has a big impact on the economy, right? And, you know, we've been seeing people, same deals. We've seen a lot of leakage out of these northern states, especially to Florida and Georgia in a state I won't mention. So as not to give anybody ideas, but coastal states, let's just say in the Southeast. So, you know, I think this is a, this is a challenge for this area, not just for now, but possibly for the future. Yeah. And as Bobby, I want to reiterate what Bobby said before. It doesn't mean the sky is falling. It just is indicative of possibly a shift of what we can expect which, of course, the index will reflect over time, right? As the base shifts, as the basis shifts, that will be reflected in the index for these various regions as well.
1: Yes, and I want to also reiterate what Dr. Greg White shared in the pre-show. If we can't face it, we can't fix it as business leaders, right, Greg? All right, come back here for your supply chain therapy every day, fresh at 12 noon. Okay. So, Bobby, as we round out, Greg just touched on the southeast there. That's where our seventh key takeaway is. Your thoughts, Bobby?
0: Well, in this region, we're we're looking at the impacts of the flat diesel prices, keeping shipping costs and spend relatively stable. The numbers show that it was 2.7% down for shipment volume and just under 3% as well on uh, spent. So again, those numbers kind of closely correlating just indicates that, you know, the rates weren't outrageous over the shipment volumes, but the shipment volumes weren't, you know, tremendously low compared to rates. So mm-hmm. uh, when we look at that again, this was uh affected by, you know, not only gas prices, but it was impacted by soft consumer spending. Uh Southeast is typically known for tourism. So there was a lot of, you know, spending as we've noted in previous indexes on services over goods, which keeps the the southeast more stable, perhaps again as a regional influence than other regions. But they're still impacted where they had some minor slowing.
1: Yes. All right. So Tom, the southeast, where you can always f- oh also find really nice people. Tom, your thoughts?
3: Agreed. There's nice people everywhere. That's right. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. Um, yes. Correct. So. I agree. It's uh, more more of a stable market in our book as well. Obviously, when you have like a spring surge and stuff like that, you know those seasonalities that are going to be occurring. But overall, more of a stable market on our book of business as well. The one thing in third quarter that's usually interesting, and we follow very closely here specifically, is what did the hurricane season do for you? And if there was a large jump or a large dip from year over year, How did those years compare from that standpoint of what type of landfall was made and how big were those and in what areas were those made in? And so relatively speaking, the past couple of years have been, I know there's been major hurricanes, not saying there hasn't been. Relatively speaking, though, it's been a little lighter than it has been in in previous years from a number of times there's been landfall contact and how customers continue to prep for those has evolved a little bit over the last three to five years.
1: Yes, thankfully. Mm-hmm. Better numbers. All right, so Greg, bringing home, talking southeast, your thoughts.
2: Yeah, well, to, to Tom's point, the hurricane season was rel- relatively light in terms of landfalls. And, you know, we don't have a construction season in the southeast. We have a reconstruction mm-hmm. season in the southeast. And while, you know, the ones that hit in Florida were terribly damaging, they weren't as far up the coast as they often are. and so that that has a big impact. I think also we have some economic things going on. They're building basically a city in Statesboro, Georgia. It's like a, I don't know, four or 10 or feels like a town sized automotive plant. And that is, has obviously brought a lot of, of volume of product and materials coming in and people and all of that sort of thing. So I can assure you, if you drive down I-16, the only interstate in America that does not crest the state line, by the way, thank you to our incredible senator for getting that done. Um, <laughs> how you do that, I don't know. But but I, I think if, if you drive down 16, you literally cannot miss it. It went from a forest to a town seemingly overnight, and there are a lot of those thing, those types of things going on as more of more companies move into more temperate areas where they are less impacted by, they at least believe, less impacted by weather, certainly winter weather, and mostly, what should I say, right-to-work states. Hmm.
1: Well, you know, it seems like, to your point, Georgia and South Carolina both have had several hits here with landing new plants. Left and right. And automotive, of course, and EV and and otherwise. We'll see what happens there. Yeah, BMW
2: just announced a big expansion of their plant in the Greenville-Spartanburg Metroplex. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. call it there. The Metroplex. Metroplex. Yeah, the Metroplex. (laughs) Learn something new every day. Or maybe uh, about 100 100 new things here today between Greg, Bobby, and Tom. Uh, Great conversation. So, again, Bobby Holland cannot. We don't. Financial authorities cannot. Bank authorities cannot predict future events. So we got to put, put Bobby aside for a second. But Greg and Tom, Tom, your crystal ball, at least some, to some degree, was working well for you earlier. So what might we expect in the freight market in the months ahead, Tom?
3: Yeah, so I touched on some of these points earlier, but I think they're the race to the bottom for rates with carriers over the past year and how that's going to turn out when and where the market goes. We obviously have seen some bankruptcies in the market with companies that were trying to continue to get as low as they could. And so at some point, there's going to be a little bit of pushback, whether the the volume has started to turn or not from carriers towards shippers for the fact that they can operate at these rate per miles for this long. And so my crystal ball says that obviously peak season is going to be muted. We're only three weeks out from Black Friday. If you haven't seen stuff by now, going to be not too much of an upward trajectory for you q1 is probably going to be pretty difficult and i can give you more feedback on my crystal ball on february once i see how many have exited by then i think it's going to be it's going to be interesting i could see it flipping q2 q3 starting to see some momentum or i could see shippers keeping the leverage through that Mm. rolling into q4 of next year and then q1 of seasonality in 2025 and it hitting in 25 one of my professors back in college for economy said, "If I forecasted a hundred thousand times and I got one right, I was lucky."
1: <laughs> well, no pun intended, but yeah. I would take what Tom says to the bank. It seems like he really has his finger on the pulse. Greg, about you, though, what 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 we're seeing in the months ahead? Yeah, let me start with my standard disclaimer, which is not an
2: economist, which is also not a science, and. But I have, have also never played one on TV, but I'm right as often as they are, which Tom, thank you for pointing that out is almost, almost never. Mm-hmm. So I think this, that rates will continue to reflect the larger economic conditions, which I think are downward. The, the fed failed. And yes, I did say failed to increase rates again to try and slow inflation or stop and reverse inflation, which they have not yet done in almost two years. So I, I think I don't have good feeling for a really soft landing. I don't think it will be a hard landing, but I think we'll continue to see things. Consumer spending to tighten. I think we'll con- continue to see the labor mart- market loosen, meaning people will get laid off and that will continue to slow spending. And of course, people are overextended. There's no, way, no other way to say it. People are overextended and and consumers drive this economy. And I think that they, the slowing and the tightening of the belt that they have done so far and will continue to do will inevitably slow the economy. So I really think that companies like Tom's will be, they'll be subject to whatever happens with the economy, which again is why I think, you know, this, the clear tie, by the way, if you have not read the report on the index, the first couple of paragraphs, make that clear tie that Bobby communicated to the economy, and it is just enlightening. And it's good to see that kind of enlightenment in a report like this, to translate this data into something so valuable in terms of a narrative for the take on the economy. So that's what I see. I think rates will fall as the economy continues to.
1: Excellent. All right, Greg and Tom, thank you all both for breaking out your crystal ball for a minute. All right, so Bobby, as we start to wind down, come down to home stretch. I really appreciate what you and the US bank team have brought and continue to to bring every once a quarter because it's getting, I mean, gosh, as Greg's talking about, it's just amazing really how it's grown and just how valuable it is for folks to sit down and make that be one of the many, many sources for information and data and insights as we all have to make big and small decisions day in and day out. So Bobby, again, how can folks because it's really easy, how can folks subscribe? And get this information once a quarter.
0: You can go to freight.usbank.com. And easy to subscribe. No cost, no charge. And it will be delivered to your email inbox quarterly.
1: Outstanding. It is just that easy. Thank you, Bobby. I really appreciate that. Greg, do your homework and then come listen to this. I
2: think (laughs) it's seriously, if you just read through the thing just cursorily and then come and listen to this, you will get
1: so much value out of it. especially. We have folks like Tom on, right? Agreed, Greg. Agreed. And speaking of Tom, Tom, first off, congrats on all the growth and success at Curse Transportation. Also, I stumbled across a recent accolade, one of many that y'all have gotten, as y'all recognize as a top company for women in transportation. So congrats to that. So how can folks connect with you? Maybe, you know, grab
3: some of your insights after today's session. Yep. So the easiest way is you can probably look me up on LinkedIn. That'll be message me there. Obviously, my email, C at com. Will not give out my cell phone here, but usually once you get one of those two and we make contact, that's the easiest way to get a hold of me is through my cell phone via text. Um I don't know your number. I'm probably not going to answer.
1: <laughs> like us all, like the rest of us, right?
3: Too many solicitations.
1: Yes. Yep. Car warranties, tires, you name it. Goodness gracious. All if right. You want
3: to sell your house? Right. <laughs>
1: Uh, well, big thanks. I tell you, Greg, what a, one heck of a panel here today. Great full discussion. Look, already looking forward to next quarters. Greg, before we bid Bobby and Tom, ado, do anything you'd like to share. I mean, we're handing out blue ribbons today, right? Yep. I love this format. I love
2: Bobby, where you take us through this thing this way. And then we kind of respond to it like that. I think that is a great way of doing it. It really ties the data into the activities in the economy and in business. And I, I think this is the second or third time we've done it this way, and I think this is really, really effective in, in communicating. Agreed. I agree. Agreed.
1: Agreed. All right. So with that, big thanks to our guests here today on Supply Chain Now as we've tackled the Q3 2023 U.S. Bank Freight Payment Index, Bobby Holland, Director of Freight Business Analytics at U.S. Bank, and Tom Comstock, Chief Financial Officer at Kirsch Transportation Services. Thanks so much, Tom and Bobby. Y'all have a great rest of your day, and we'll see you soon.
2: Thanks. Thanks, Jen.
0: Thank you.
1: All right, Greg, one last thing and we're mm. going to wrap and, and we got to get, I want to get, we've covered a lot of ground here today to your point. Mm-hmm. Uh The patented Greg White key takeaway, if you had to bolt down just to one, as I share again, these two visuals we've got, what is that key takeaway?
2: You know, this is not the end of the world and it's not the beginning of the end of the world, but it is the beginning, I think, of some level of tailing. Just based on what the economy would do. I'd like to make one amendment. I did not mean to say rates. I cannot predict freight rates. And as Tom pointed out, it's like so many valuable things he pointed out. We should make him a host of this thing. As the rates go down and as the volumes go down, other, you know, some of the fragile companies might get shaken out, which could stabilize rates. But I do think that shipment volumes will continue to go down. It's obvious that the consumer is going to continue to cut spending. It's, you know, it's obvious that eventually they have to do it soon because they can't do it in election season, that right. the Fed will raise rates again. They have to do it. That's just one person's opinion. And that will continue to drive things down. And frankly, it should I mean think about this, Scott. We have been talking about the cost of chicken wings since the second quarter of 2021 when they right. went from 9.99 for a dozen at my best friend's sports bar to 14.99 a dozen to 19.99 a dozen where they remain today so as you saw the the kind of the freight volumes plateau yep. like that yeah we have seen pricing plateau like that and remain stubbornly high and the reason that everyone always gives if you listen to Bloomberg or CNBC or anyone the reason that they give is the resilient consumer, and I think we're starting to see the consumer frankly come to our respective senses, our collective senses and stop spending all of other people's money and When we run out of other people's money, definitely the spending will slow down I'm seeing it I'm seeing indicators every day in various markets. you and I talk to people in these shows and outside of these shows and We make sort of a study of life. I know we can't help but go around and analyze what this discussion means and what that discussion means. So I I think that's the takeaway is that expect a downward shift and it won't be catastrophic. It won't be a soft landing, but it also won't be a hard landing. So, um, well said. Yeah. I mean, batten down the hatches, get your house in order, right? That kind of thing. And, you know, just expect.
1: Unexpected. The unexpected, yeah. And just be liquid and be ready. Yes. All right. Stay tuned for the Greg White Index, perhaps coming in the months ahead. Hey folks, don't forget, sign up for the quarterly U.S. Bank Freight Payment Index. Free actual insights that are unbiased, as we made on the front hey. end. It's really, really important. With that said, big thanks again to our guests. Big thanks to the folks who showed up. I know we couldn't get to all the comments and questions. Greg, always a pleasure to knock out these. Yeah, Able likewise, likewise
2: yes. I'm telling you, this new format makes it more informative for us as
1: well as the listener, I think. Agreed. And of course, the listener is our North Star. So y'all let us know, give us feedback. But in the meantime, on behalf of the entire team here at Supply Chain Now, Scott Luton challenging you to do good, to give forward and to be the change. And we'll see you next time right back here at Supply Chain Now. Thanks, everybody.
0: Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community.